0: Being a Better Man, Episode 17, Storytime. You have just entered a world governed by personal accountability where being a man is not an excuse for bad behavior, where complaints are not allowed, whining is forbidden, and excuses do not exist. Join us as we focus on the actual character of men rather than merely the trappings of manhood. Well, hold it. We're not doing that today. Today is Storytime. That's right, folks. Instead of the regularly scheduled podcast, I've decided to squeak in something extra in between. Story time with Alf. Let me explain. You see, deep down at the core of my soul, I am a storyteller. I come by it quite naturally. For thousands of years, telling stories was the way my ancestors conveyed important information from one generation to another. In my life, I've amassed a large collection of stories. Some of them are funny, some are sad, some are touching, and some are very serious. But they are all 100% true, to the best of my recollection. These stories are also relevant to the mission here at Being a Better Man, because in every story, even though these are my stories, there is some lesson, example, or other nugget That you might be able to apply to your life or it might remind you of your own similar story either way you should be entertained so at the end of each story I will talk briefly about what the lesson learned was the moral of the story in other words so sit back relax and enjoy the story in 1967 we lived in Kelso Washington I was five years old and it was time for me to start kindergarten I was all for it. I was excited. But my mom was much less so. Being her first child, she was nervous to send me out into the world away from her protection. And it turns out she was right to be nervous. Wallace Elementary School was a prison-like structure made of red brick. It was surrounded by chain-link fence and grass that no one was allowed to walk on. It was not a friendly place. Even though Kelso was not a big city, there were parts of town that were not especially nice. The school seemed to be right in the middle of that part of town, and I was bussed in from the other side of the tracks. Now up to this point, I had led a pretty sheltered life. Yeah, sure, I'd gotten a few spankings, but for the most part, I was a well-adjusted, loving little kid. No one had ever been mean to me, no one had ever yelled at me. No one had ever called me a bad name. All I knew was affection and maybe some good-natured kidding. I was the epitome of innocence in 1967, and I had many, many things to learn. It all started off pretty well. I was a star pupil. I loved getting the right answers, and I loved coloring and playing with clay. We were learning how to write the letters of the alphabet, and our teacher, Mrs. Dalrymple, had given us all some 3 by 5 cards to take home and practice the letters we had learned on. I saw this as my moment to shine. I decided I wouldn't just write letters, but entire words. Riding the bus home that day, I was looking all around for a word I could copy. Lo and behold, there was a word scratched into the upholstery on the seat right in front of me. I had seen this word before, painted on walls and stuff. I recognized it, and I decided it must be a very important word to be written around so frequently. So I copied it onto one of the cards, and when I got home, I carefully transferred it to all the other 3 by 5 cards. My teacher was going to think I was a genius. I proudly turned in my cards the next morning. That afternoon, my mother got the first of many calls from the school, summoning her in for an emergency conference. She hurried into the school and sat across from the kindly Mrs. Dalrymple. She was handed the cards I'd turned in that morning. On each card, written very neatly, were the capital letters F, U, C, and K. Mrs. Mrs. Dalrymple was a nice old lady who was quite shaken up by the whole thing. My mom managed to convince her that I had merely copied the word from somewhere and it was decided I would be afforded another chance. It was only the second day of school, and I had already learned something really important. Words mean things, and some words are good, and other words are bad. On the third day of school, I got beat up. You see, being innocent as I was, I thought it would be a good idea to taunt older kids and try to get them to chase me, because getting chased is fun, right? I had several methods of infuriating the older kids. It's kind of embarrassing now, but one of my favorites was a chant I would do. I would stand a little ways off and I would yell in the most annoying five-year-old voice I could muster, Brass buttons, blue coat, can't catch a nanny goat. And then I would end the chant by making this farting noise with my tongue. If I got no reaction, I would just repeat the chant over and over again, with more and more fervor, until they just couldn't take it anymore. I never considered what might happen if they caught me. It was a tough school, full of tough kids. On the first day of school, I saw an older kid on the bus tear off his fingernail with pliers because someone dared him. Happened right in front of me. Taunting these guys probably wasn't a good idea. Most of these older kids would just chase me for a few steps and quit. But eventually, I made one of them, a third grader, I think, mad enough to chase me until he caught me. He proceeded to sit on my chest and, using my hair as handles, beat my head repeatedly into the concrete. He did so until a playground lady made him stop. I was bloody but conscious. My mother was called into the school again. This time, a heated conversation ensued with the principal. Apparently, it was all my fault because I was mouthing off. And maybe it was. By the end of that first week, I had become disenchanted with public education. I was not having fun. It seemed like everything I did was wrong, and nothing in my life had prepared me for what I was going through. It had been hard on my mom, too. We were both looking forward to the weekend. She was waiting by our front window for me to walk down from the bus stop with the other kids. The normal time for us to have arrived had come and gone, and she was getting a little nervous. Finally, she saw a group of children come down the street. They were all huddled together, walking in a tight group. That's odd, she thought. She tried to pick me out of the crowd, but she couldn't see me. Suddenly, seized with panic, she ran out to the group of kids to ask where I was as she got closer she realized they were all in a tight group because they were carrying something then to her horror she realized it was me they were carrying (laughs) I was pretty beat up and I couldn't walk from what she could learn from the other children I had been back talking and being smart-alecky to several of the older kids that rode the bus they had put me down on the floor in the aisle and took turns jumping on me from the seats landing mostly on my legs. Though badly beaten and unable to walk very well, I didn't have any internal damage. But after we got home from the hospital, I spent the weekend convalescing in the warmth and safety of home. It was all about cartoons and ice cream as my mom did her best to help me get over the trauma. By Monday, I was able to go back to school, but I was still bruised and sore for several days. This was the beginning of some bitter relations between my mom and the school staff, who all blamed me for being so vocal. The bus driver didn't even get a warning for leaving me in that condition. In fact, it was his idea that the, that the other kids carry me. The school principal's final words to my mother after their meeting was, Hey, if this ever happens again, you let me know. Brilliant. I went into my second week of academia much quieter, more subdued, but wow, I sure learned a lot of great lessons that first week. I learned that there were mean people in the world, people who didn't really give a crap about me. I learned that life was not fair. I learned that F-U-C-K is a bad word. I learned to be nice to other people especially bigger people who might try to kill me I learned that school grass was not intended for walking on and I learned that I really liked sitting next to that girl named Cheryl I learned that nobody nobody liked me as much as my mom did and that she would always have my back and unfortunately I learned that I did not like school very much You know, not all the lessons we learn as children are good or accurate. Many of the lessons I learned that week, I've hung on to all the way through my life until now. Accurate lessons, like life not being fair, for example. But some of the other lessons I learned that week were things I had to get over later in life and relearn. Like not liking school. It's something we can all ponder. Maybe we have some negative behaviors because we learned an inaccurate lesson at some point. It's worth thinking about. As we strive to be better men every day, maybe there are some lessons we just learned wrong. If we realize that, then we can fix those things. Another great lesson I learned that week was how important times like this are in children's lives. It changed the way I did things with my kids. For one, I tried to make sure they were prepared for anything. Well, guys, that's it for story time this week. Hey, not all stories are fun, but they are all important. Now, as you go out into the day, think about some of the hard lessons you learned, the good ones and the bad ones. Make corrections where needed. And be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herrig's dad signing out.